0: We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are going to be your therapy, your your gigantic hug after this last weekend that saw Orange County fall in the desert 3-0. And I know my friend Alan and Dylan were both out there, so we're going to probably hear what they have to say about that whole experience out there in Phoenix, This is the Orange of Black Soccer cast.
1: We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. 1-2,
2: Godoy, he's found
3: a great ball, Ennevolson, plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitor's lead, Thomas Now Segber sprinting forward on the counterattack, little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seton finishes, it rolls Down to his left and parrying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn.
0: This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it go in Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black SoccerCast, the first and only podcast get dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And Joining me, well, as he has been joining since the beginning of the season, we've got Alan. Alan, welcome back. Or How are things going? How about that? Uh,
3: Things are great. I'm happy to be back in nice and cool and comfortable San Diego. As soon as I got back from Phoenix, I had to put a sweatshirt on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it was like 30 000 to forty thousand degrees cooler in san diego than it was in phoenix
0: totally and yeah i know i get you it's 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 always good to be back at home in california and i think it sort of threw me off i i think now this is like the second or third time i've had to introduce you first because our typical uh first introduction is actually not quite here yet i i know he's trying to get on. He's going to join us here shortly. Uh, and when Dylan does make his way on here, we definitely will have a lot to talk with him as well, but we're going to get into the swing of things. We have soccer to talk about. Orange County traveled out to the desert in Phoenix. Like I said, they lost three nil to, I don't know. Our enemies is probably a good way to say that. I know uh, because of the, the amazing run from these two teams last season. I think we have Dylan joining us.
3: Hey, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes, we've we can.
0: So let, let's try this. Going, let's, try, let's try this. And joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing?
2: I'm pretty good. Uh, sorry it took me a few minutes to get on. I'm not at home. Um, I'm actually at a soccer game right now. And they know about us, So um, I'll give us some a new updates
0: or something about what's going on here. So,
2: yeah, it took me a few minutes to get settled.
0: And what match are you watching up there in Reno?
2: I'm watching uh, Reno 1868 FC versus Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, currently 1-0. Phoenix.
0: So, why do I have to be scared that you potentially have switched allegiances and now you're following Phoenix on the road?
2: Uh, that's definitely not happening. And it's also not the <laughs> so, Reno because Reno seems like the same... Songs Like, all of their songs involved the words Reno and 1868 and basically nothing else. So uh, don't worry about it, Ray. It's fine. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I bleed orange. Metaphorically. That,
0: that's awesome to hear. So we were just getting into the swing fees. We were. I was basically just about to tell everyone what we're going to talk about today right when you jumped on. So it sort of worked out perfectly. You got there just in the nick of time for my introductions for you. Uh, but we do have to talk about what happened out in Phoenix, what went well, if anything, what went wrong, I'm sure there's enough to talk about what went wrong uh, and anything else we could talk about. We also want to hear from Alan and Dylan who both made the trip out to Phoenix to follow the club, uh, support the team, whatever we can call that. We also have uh, more stuff to talk about. Is, is there a match coming up uh, for us to talk about Alan?
3: Yeah, I believe it's uh Portland Timbers on Saturday,
0: Portland Timbers, which two, two, yeah, not the MLS not version. The, MLS. the two, uh, so we have that to talk about. We also have our fantasy soccer for the month of June to talk about. Uh, Dylan, I think, was plenty excited about. Well, it wasn't like this blowout this past weekend, but he uh, took the top spot with the most points, which helped him reduce some of that deficit he fell into uh, early on with uh, some interesting stuff. So that congratulations to you, Dylan. And uh, thank you. And Alan, you're still hanging around there, but you know, I'm still in first. So let's just say it as is we'll get into that as we get into this a little bit further, but let's talk about Phoenix. Cause that's the big thing to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Alan, since you were here at the start of the episode, uh, what's what happened in Phoenix? Uh, give us your thoughts and views from, from the stadium.
3: Um, well, First off, uh, a lot of the Phoenix fans and uh, Kevin from the PRFC show—they uh, were very welcoming, uh, very cool dudes. Uh, we met up with like a, several of them at a restaurant prior to the match, uh, and then headed on over, headed, headed—I don't know—on over to the stadium. One of them even gave us like a VIP parking pass, so that was really cool of them to get us uh, a little bit better parking spot, so my parents didn't have to walk so far. Um stadium itself was a little bit surprising. Uh, they do have, like, zero bathroom facilities. They're all porta-potties, uh, which I think speaks to things. Like, it, they're still kind of building, uh, but it also speaks to uh, them getting, like, 6,000 people out of the game is pretty uh, impressive when it's a stadium in that shape. Um, the game itself uh, turned terribly really quick. Uh, There was the own goal in, like, the sixth or seventh minute. And I think I kind of just set the tone for the team. It was like as soon as that went in, the team just kind of, I think, just, I don't want to say gave up, but I don't think they played terribly well at all. Um, I would put this on par with the early Tulsa match. Um, Phoenix didn't play terribly well either, uh, but when you only manage one shot uh, on target for an entire match, It's really hard to beat a team when they score three times. Um, Actually, they scored twice. We scored once. Uh, (laughs) But it's really hard to beat a team that gets three goals when you get one shot on target. Um, Not a whole lot to be positive about, a whole lot to be negative about. Um, And as Andy said, uh, yeah, we need to do a little bit of drinking to forget about this one.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and I'm going to go to you Dylan. Cause I, I know following you on social media again, you were also at that stadium. You mentioned at least, I mean, the two goals, at least two of those goals were orange County's fault. We know that Kevin Alston own goal early in the match, but there was a, a goal late in the match that uh, a couple players didn't play very well in the, in the whole transition there. Uh, call out the names walker hume and patrick mclean uh dylan you were there uh what did you see on that and and why did that happen
2: um well basically there's a, a ball played up and it's a little bit too high for jayvon will king um, so it's probably three four yards over his head he's obviously never gonna reach that um is able to just kind of hook one up and then it kind of seems like they didn't have any sort of answer to that walker Ditched his man to try and get on top of that uh, and clear it out and just completely whiff. Uh, it bounced, and he was um, like a step in front of it, basically. Uh, didn't make any contact. And then just that's what Paul Nelphonte to get there 30-something yards out and just chip it over McLean, who no one's ever shooting it from that direction when the ball should be getting cleared, so he's understandably off of his Um But to echo what Alan said, basically after that first little in
4: kind of shut down as
2: a team. Um, Quinn spoke to that after the match. McLean spoke to that after the match. And if you if you look at the, the player ratings that we did on uh, the left side, uh, it's not great. I think I, gave, I think I gave three people three out of five and everyone else was at two. It just two. It was not a good performance. Um, and really Phoenix didn't play particularly well. If you look at the staff, yeah they really beat us in five. Tackle okay. possession, um, but we beat ourselves really. We didn't show up at any point in on that. and you got to do that against one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league right now, it's on four. So, it was a frustrating performance to the league. Uh, that goal only went in, I think, the 50th minute, and it, the game had already felt over by the time we were maybe half an hour in. Just the way that they were playing. The energy between the two guys, the difference there was night and day. And uh, we, really, we really never looked up for it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I Like both of you said, that Kevin Alston own goal, which, I mean, I I get it. If you're the defender, you have to play that cleanly in that point right in front of the box. Uh, he tried to, it looks like, flick the ball like over his shoulder. Uh, the ball took a weird bounce in front of him, hit off his knee, off his chest into the goal is what it looked like on the stream uh, i i think if you look at i believe it's our game recap we have like a perfect image of like two phoenix players celebrating with kevin Olson just there with a disgusted look in the background uh, and, and i think that sums up this match when you're playing against what is the hottest team in usl at least in the western conference i don't really know what's going on out there in the east but phoenix is a dang hot team out there. You have to come in full strength and, you know, we're already in there without a Michael Seaton, which hurts things. Uh, Darwin Jones didn't play, which hurts things. Those are two top offensive players on your team, which means you can't be given up. You can't fall behind like that against this Phoenix team. Uh, talking about that, that goal from Solomon Asante, where Walker Hume, I guess misjudged that ball is the best way to say it. Maybe the heat was playing tricks on him. There was a mirage going on there, but uh, I mean, I mean, He completely whiffed on that ball. I don't know if we can totally blame Patrick McClain in that situation because as a goalie, you're going to try and be out there. You expect your defenders can get that ball, at least kick it away from the goal. Um, Let's just say, too, Solomon Asante, that was a beautiful goal. Uh, That was not an easy shot by any means. He had to get the perfect lift over that ball, but he also had to somehow control it where it would just drop down to the goal, which it perfectly did. I think in that play, Walker Hume is 100% to blame. Um, there's not much Patrick McClain's going to do that because he's just trying to be in position, expecting our defensive player. Uh, who's? It's not like it's a random defensive player that hasn't been playing much. That isn't a big part of this team. It's Walker Hume who's been in there most of the season. Uh, anyone would would expect him to be able to make a clean play on that ball and get that out of there. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate i i think at that point the game was pretty much over at least you could see it in the players reactions uh i i don't know you guys out there at the stadium i don't know the the, the few traveling fans that made it out if they were already sort of deflated at that point realizing it wasn't going to be a an exciting trip home but yeah it, it was a tough one and i don't know was it pretty hot out there alan
3: uh incredibly like soul-sucking hot like the, weather, the heat was a dementor, and instead of sucking the soul from me, it was sucking my entire life force energy and, and the moisture from me. It was so dry, like, like <laughs> it was gross. Um, but, uh, Hashimoto had kind of probably the best chance besides Vinicius in uh, the 58th minute. He had a pretty nice strike that went wide, and it was really like the only glimmer of hope in that second half. Uh, for Orange County, Uh, tons of free kicks and corner kicks from Phoenix. And every time that happens, I'm just like, all right, here comes number four. Here comes number four. Like, that's just kind of how it felt. It didn't feel like they were kind of pushing up. Um, There were times where they just kind of – there was a a clean tackle came in and they were on the ground. They took a while to get back up again. Um, Really, like, the positive things for me happened after the game with fan interaction between a couple players – um, and I got a chance to see that, which was really cool. Um, so that was like the the one positive thing that happened for me during the game was the fan interactions after the game with uh, players like McLean and Vinicius.
0: And Dylan, did the uh, did the heat out there in Phoenix have any effect on you? and and what do you think? how did that affect the players out there?
2: Um yeah, I mean, I had a bloody nose for most of that game. Um, oh, but I didn't realize because it dried while this was happening so I found out when I took a shower the next morning um, but yeah it's just like if you're a Liam Trotter um, or if you're a Harry Forester, and now you're running around in 104 degree heat and the sun's gone down it's just it's not enough being from here but the lack of humidity I mean you're sweating and there's nothing to replenish that there's no little break from that Leonardo looks exhausted at one point. Uh, he was doubled over, hands on knees, just after like a sprint back just off a counter. Uh, I don't think you could say that it didn't affect them in any way. I think it was really hard for them. And to cope with a team that's that. that is that fast and that kind of heat, it was... I mean, that might be why they looked so flat-footed and so slow the whole game. It was men versus boys. We never, we truly never looked like we were into it. Um, and the players took it hard. I talked to Aiden Quinn right after the match. I think we've talked about it a whole bunch of times, but he's always professional in his interviews. Um, he, I mean, he's been around the block a few times, so he knows what to say, um, and he knows how to say it well. And that one, he said what he felt, um, and He apologized for saying what he felt, but he wasn't wrong. Um, He was absolutely right that the team didn't show up with any energy, and then that never changed. Um, And and McLean said the same thing. They dug a hole, and they never looked like they were going to climb out of it. So it was one of those matches, and, yeah, I got to agree with Alan. The best thing that I saw afterwards was, you know, Vinicius signing Patrick McLean's gloves for some kids on the side of the pitch. And, uh, you know, talking to Vinicius just a little bit after the game and saying he looked dejected after that match. Um, I thought he was unlucky to not score against Lubin in that one-on-one. He looked absolutely dejected. So I I caught him before I got in the locker room, and I I told him, like, keep your head up. Uh, You know, it's going to come. But... It's really it's on the players at this point to show up next week and
4: make it different. Um, they
2: can't they can't play like that again this season if they want a chance to make it. And I and I truly mean that we're not playing another really good side for a while. Not a team like Phoenix, and if we're gonna roll over against teams that are you know, six, seven in the table, then I don't think we really have a shot. Um, so this next week is gonna be all the the mentality of back to back.
0: Well, and we've, we've been talking about it pretty much all season. Like when is that point when it's no longer early in the season and now you have to start uh, producing results either. Well, ultimately you want the full three points, but even getting one point, you know, even in this point. So we're now at the point of the season where you need to be getting points. I mean, on the road, you can accept maybe one point, especially against the hottest team in the USL in Phoenix, but Yeah, this is the run, like you said, Dylan, where if Orange County is going to make a run to get into the playoffs and get maybe even a good position in the playoffs, they need to kick it off against Portland here this upcoming Saturday and make a nice run of three or four matches where they're playing.
4: Yeah, I
2: mean, it really comes down to not beating themselves. I'll give Phoenix credit. That second goal that they had to make it 0-2 was amazing. I mean, that was great team play. And obviously the other team goals were... We're not. I mean, they, we handed it to them. Um, and they just scored another really great goal here. So now it's uh 2 Phoenix. No. So no, no. one, can go to
0: Phoenix, <laughs> uh, at least at this point. Um, and let's talk about like that heat, right? Because you guys were both out there, you both are saying it was extremely hot. Uh, you know, in, in sports like maybe like basketball or even football, when you have like Denver or salt lake city these these locations that are really high altitudes and people always talk about there's an advantage for those players that that's where they play they train in those those conditions and it shows on the field so when you're playing against a denver basketball team that just wants to run up and down the court when you get to the fourth quarter the traveling team is very tired exhausted and it shows uh this is something where you look at phoenix they're used to training and practicing and playing in this kind of weather. So, of course, it's going to show when you get towards the end of the game, uh, and it's going to impact what's going on with some of the players. Uh, and then you also look at it. There's a reason why in most countries, soccer is played from about August, September, or from about September through about, what, late May, early June. They try and avoid those hottest months of the year because soccer is that one sport where well, I know baseball is similar, but soccer, you can't sub in and out throughout the game, right? You're going to play and you only get three people to come in and replace the 11 players on the field. So, you know, a good you know, two thirds, three fourths of that roster are playing a full 90 minutes. So, when you have this type of weather, it definitely impacts. Uh, so, that's a whole, uh, you know, that's a whole other thing to talk about with the soccer schedule out here in the US and Canada and whatnot.
3: I mean, I think that would be a, a point if Orange County is playing them tough and they just kind of wilted toward the end and gave up a couple late like, goals. To be three 0 but two of those goals are within 20 minutes of the game starting. Um, yeah, you might be uncomfortable, but it looked it. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like it was the weather had an effect on the end or the, like the altitude at the end of the game. It was pretty clear from the beginning that Orange County wasn't going to play their best.
0: And, of course, yeah, Dylan turns on his mic when they do the whole alarm on that bullhorn out there in Reno, right? I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry everyone <laughs> that's driving right now. Um, I I don't know what to tell these people. I love them. They're great. But, um, yeah, you know, they're not perfect. Right. <laughs> they're not us, so they're not perfect.
0: Well, let's, let's say this, too, is there was a chance, Vinicius, when we were still just down 1-0, there was a chance for Vinicius to get – a goal in there. He actually got a pretty good opportunity and let's just give props to the Phoenix goalkeeper, uh, Ruben, uh, for the save he made on Vinicius, so sort of a one-in-one situation there. Um, I mean, maybe Vinicius should have took a better shot in that scenario, but it was a tough angle. It was blocked, but I mean, really, if you think about it, if that goal somehow finds a way in, it's maybe a totally different story in that match. Uh, so all in all, Phoenix just had a really great match throughout the field. Uh, Orange County, like you guys have said, just sort of looked flat. They didn't look like – maybe they were ready for it, but then when that Kevin Alston own goal happened, it just sort of deflated whatever plan they had, and they're like, great, we're going to lose this match. Uh, Let's just finish this and go home. Um, Yeah, by the way, Dylan talked about player ratings that he he wrote up. uh, That's on our website. If you want to go check out the thoughts – like he mentioned, no five or four star ratings. We we do our ratings one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. No one was a five or a four. Pretty much all threes and twos. It's very the only reason we'll ever give a one-star is maybe because some guy just like decided to score like five own goals against us, uh, and like purposely lose the match for Orange County. But yeah, a lot of two-star reviews there from, from that. So it, it was just a tough match. Um what can we say to potentially lift the spirits up of Orange County fans? Uh, I guess, like Dylan said, there's possibly a easier road ahead here for the next few matches. So let's look ahead to what we got going on here with Portland, I guess. Unless anyone else wants to say one last thought on Phoenix.
3: I just think, in general, we've heard the chorus of, we just didn't start the game out with enough energy, especially on the road. Uh, that it's starting to become more of a habit than a thing we need to fix. Um, And so that is a little bit troublesome. I know that was the excuse against Los Dos uh, when there was that, um, when they started out slow and had to battle back uh, for uh, a draw. Um, So it just seems to me like when they're on the road, they always seem to start slow for some reason. Um, and that's problematic. Um, I think they need to, when they do come out and play aggressive, like um, when they do play these games, they usually come out the next game uh, on the front foot. Uh, but instead of waiting for a bad game to have a good game, uh, we need to string a couple of good games together. And that starts with starting out the game hot. I mean, just look at just look at what Phoenix is doing in their five-game win streak. Um, even tonight, they, they scored in like the seventh minute. You just got to get out early and get in front Uh, because when we play from the front, we're good. Um, When we play from behind, it's always, it's always a question mark if they can
2: pull it off.
0: Last thought still in on the uh, Phoenix match.
2: Um, I think Alan covered it really well. Uh, If if we're going to give a glimmer of hope for Orange County fans, we haven't won away this year. We don't worry about that. Um, And and Portland doesn't play particularly well away. So it's, it's basically about regrouping and moving forward and, Getting Darwin Jones back into the lineup and um, getting someone to play with Aiden Quinn so that he doesn't have to do all of it. Because he, I mean, if you look at the stats, um ended up all the most for Orange County that game, the most passes. Um, he was trying to do as much as he could. But, you know, a guy's getting double teams like Aiden Quinn is, you've got to help him. Um, and that didn't happen at all.
0: Perfect. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing that. Uh, We're going to transition now and start talking about this upcoming match against Portland. But before we do so, I want to let everyone know that uh, the Orange Black Soccer Cast is brought to you. Thanks to the wonderful partners over at Roughneck Scarves and also Golden Gold Press. Uh, You'll find out more if you listen to the end of this podcast. Also, I want to let you all know, if you're listening to the podcast episode of this, we do do live recordings of our podcast. So what happens is we broadcast live on YouTube, on Periscope. On Facebook, you can actually watch us live as we record this or listen to us in the case of Dylan because he refuses to show his face on the camera. But we do this live, so that's why when you listen to our podcast, we don't have this like if we mess up, we mess up. You hear it on our podcast, just like you'll hear if you're it if you're listening to us live. So, uh, if you're ever available to listen to us, we record live eight thirties on Tuesday evenings here in California. So that would be 1130 if you're out there in the East coast and then you can do the math in between there. So if you ever want to listen to us live, there's a few people that I know do listen to us live. If you want to check us out live instead of listening to the podcast, do so. If you go live with us, you go onto any of those platforms. Well, at least on YouTube and Facebook, we can, uh, interact with you and, and chat with you, uh, Unfortunately, Periscope, it doesn't allow me to do that uh, in the system that we use. But that's just to let you all know. Check us out if you want to listen to our live show. Let's talk about Portland. Um, Alan, is this Portland match a at this point a must win for Orange County?
3: I'm going to say no. I don't think it's a must win. I think it's an important game uh, for them. Uh, it's in a tough row for Portland. Uh, They're coming off of a 2-2 draw against Fresno. And they have us, then Reno in a midweek, and then Phoenix on that Saturday. Um, So I think they're going to want to come in and get at least a draw out of the away game. Um, They are one of the better teams in the West. Uh, They're 3-1 and 3, both at home and away. Um, They haven't lost on the road. Let's look this up. I don't think they've lost on the road in a while. Uh, They usually draw Uh, their last road loss was March 30th against Los Dos, three to two. Um, So it's going to be a tough matchup. I think Uh, Portland Timbers two, although they haven't been playing as well late, Uh, but I do. I don't want to say it's a must win uh, because they're still in reaching distance of that 10th spot to get a play in game. Um, I think if if we were a little bit, if we were a little bit further back, I think it would be a must win everything's just super close i think it'd be it's a need to win but i don't think it's a must win
0: well and i i know you can see this because i know you you could jump onto the youtube uh, uh chat as we're going live uh one of our listeners andy basically in all caps said yes this is a must win game dylan who do you agree with do you agree with alan or with andy that this portland match is a must win game for orange county
2: oh i think it's a must win game if you the players um I get it to be difficult, but after a game like the game against Phoenix, you have to show up. You have to show up. You have to show your quality. You have to show that you can bounce back from that. So you have the mentality to actually succeed. Because when that happens, you get up the goal in seven minutes and you just deflate and never really offer anything in response it looks really bad and all it shows other the teams that are in the playoffs and challenging the playoffs is that maybe you don't have it so they can go and play with confidence against you um we need to come back
4: and, um, to Portland
2: and show that we're not that team but we are a strong team um and finally get some points or since they finally get to so get at home pretty regularly, but
4: finally give, like another a little
2: strong performance. So,
4: so,
2: maybe not for anyone's job per se, but just to be the players. you got to show other teams that you're good enough, and you got to show the coaching staff you're good enough because we're two or three weeks now from the start of the transfer window, and they might see people guys being out of it based on how things are going.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'll say this, Dylan. Me and Alan were just rocking out to those drums in the background because it seems like uh, there's some fun stuff going on out there. Hey, props to, props, to the no, Reno no. Fans. props to the Reno fans for having fun out there while Phoenix is beating them, I guess. Um, and- They've got like
2: five drums for like 40 people. So imagine like the, the County Line Collision, the five drums. It's pretty crazy. It's really hard to hear if you're in front of them and a trumpet. They're, they're crazy, but it's dollar beer night, so I think everyone's really enjoying that one right now. Um, I, love, I think that's really taking the edge off of this game.
0: I love how that became like a social media thing. How like everyone's like saying teams are copying Phoenix's dollar beer night type thing because I think they talked about Vegas and their two dollars shots of whatever they were doing. I
2: Eli, everyone's so hard on the internet, you know, especially USL Twitter because everyone like knows exactly what's for the soccer pyramid in the country. They know better than the team management. It's just a joke. <laughs> like, the worst is tribalism, all in one place, and then you can be somewhat anonymous and say terrible things that everyone knows. You know,
4: there people you are know. bad. they <laughs> 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 uh- you really
2: know, like, people are better in person.
0: Well, I mean, it's easy to hide behind a keyboard and say stuff. Uh, Let me – I hate to let you down, Alan, but I think I agree with Andy and with Dylan. This is more of a must-win than a – whatever you called it. I can't even remember at this point. Uh, But, yeah, this is one of those matches where after this horrible showing out in Phoenix, Orange County needs to come out and prove that they're a team that can win, and – I think you said it. They sort of seem to wait till they get like beat really bad. And then they come back the next game where I think you said it's hard with what you said. Cause you are sort of saying like they should, or they need to, but is it a must? Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where with what happened in the game in Phoenix, you sort of have to come out and win in this, or it's just going to become more of a disaster because it, I it, I don't know. Because it's a two team, maybe? I don't know how that all works out. But um, you come in hard. Uh, uh, you have to be-
2: Now, we're scared to show up. I mean, if we lose 4 3, but we try, and I mean, like yeah. we come back from 4 0 down and we're we're trying and there's a, a cohesiveness in the team, that's great. Like, if I saw that every time we lost, I'd be thrilled. Um, it's a little bit different when you go in the EA that not happening. That's way worse, honestly. Um, it's deflating as a fan where you just sit there and go, well, okay. Just um, we, we're not unfortunate. But uh, yeah, you got to show up and really show a fighting spirit after a match like that. I think that's the biggest thing. Points are important, obviously, to be higher up the table and not be like, David the table. But more importantly, you got to show the league and other team and each other as teammates that you're better than you thought. Um, and that there's another gear there.
0: And I think the hardest part about all this is Orange County made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. So I think the expectations were set higher than they'd ever been in the past, which makes it then difficult when you're heading into the season. I mean, it's that whole thing. You can look at it in, in a bunch of stuff. You can look at it at work. You can look at it at school. Uh, if you set the bar high then it's harder to then raise the bar even higher at that point. So I think Orange County fans expected a lot better within, out of their team because of what happened last season.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, basically, we pulled a Real Madrid and we lost uh, one of our best players, not our best player, and then didn't replace him. I mean, we really didn't replace him on Um And... We're paying for that. There's no one to really link up with Michael Seaton or Vinicius, uh, where they're up top. And those matches, maybe someone I can take the ball and score if they need, but it's equally as good as uh, laying off that last pass. Um, we just don't have that to do. And maybe we'll see an addition. The chance window open. And, uh, and Maybe we'll, uh, we'll pay for right? on loan or something. But uh, I think it opens July nine. Oh, okay. Sometime in July, I think. It's weird. We should like nothing about the schedule. All right, Keston. Kess- Kess-
0: Mr. Keston, open up your pocketbook, write the check, bring in Harry Kane, and it'll solve all of our troubles here.
2: That's Chicago. not going to solve our problems. I think you <laughs> forgot the part where he's not fit. i I think the other thing ankles don't work
3: i think the other thing to remember is up until a couple weeks ago orange county was playing pretty well and then we had this string of uh red cards and and uh, yellows that and yellows that have accumulated and i think that kind of has ruined the cohesiveness of the team in a way that has been slightly detrimental. Like I talked about it after the game, like Harry Forrester playing up top um, was terrible at the beginning of the season. They've moved him further back to be a distributor of the ball. Uh, And then he was, he was had his like two, three really good games in a row. And then now with, you know, Seaton out and DJ not traveling uh, it puts him back up in the front. And again, he's doing the same thing he did before like one or two, too many touches where he gets the ball taken right at the top of the 18 whereas in the past he wasn't in that situation because DJ and Seaton were up there. Um, I think uh, having the full lineup back um, is going to improve the way the team looks and the way the team plays. I thought they were really coming together and Cloutier even mentioned it, like, hey, it's going to take 10 games to figure out where we are. And then all of a sudden, you know, half of your team, it seems like who are your, your starting 11 get red card, you know, suspensions two weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden Orange County looks terrible again. I think there's something to be said about the cohesiveness of the unit and, um, you know, just what Seton and DJ bring to the table when they both play. It allows other players to play in a more natural position or a better position for them that really makes Orange County more dangerous going forward to to score goals. Um, And I think with those players, hopefully all those players come back against Portland and we see that cohesiveness again. I think it's going to make a, a, a big deal. And if they do come back and it looks good, I, I think we can write these two games off as, hey, these are two games where you got some, some suspensions that didn't look great. Um, just like some teams get injuries and they you know, they stumble through a couple games in a row. Um, I'm still pretty optimistic uh, because of how open the or all close the West is um, that you know, we're not anywhere out of the playoff picture. We're still tied with points with that tenth spot. So we're within touching distance, of the playoffs and then getting those key players back to allow other people to move back into the midfield as opposed to attacking roles. I think hopefully we're going to see orange County come back to those orange County. We saw when they were what unbeaten in like seven, eight or nine games, something like that. Um, I'm that's what I'm hopeful for seven. Yeah. So I mean, I think seven and, and, I think coming back home is going to be helpful too because they always play better at home. So I think it's just, you know, some home cooking, uh, some getting those players back. I think uh, we're going to see some positive outcomes from that.
0: I hope so. Uh, I really, really hope so. Um, yeah, because it's it's been a hard season as an Orange County soccer Club fan. Again, we saw this team come one game away from playing in Louisville for the USL championship. And now at this point, we are fighting for playoff position. Like you said, Alan, like we're really close to that 10th spot, which gives us a play-in with a chance to to make the playoffs or at least I, – I, however that new seating works, it's weird. I, I still don't like that more than half the teams get into the playoffs. That's just weird, but it is what it is. Um. So let's talk about this. Who needs to show up to – Irvine on Saturday uh, to ensure we get a victory. Dylan, I'm going to go to you. Who's who's the person or who are we looking for to um, help lead us to victory?
4: Uh,
2: I don't know. Like 4,000 supporters might be a great start. We're talking about players, which I obviously talking about players. Uh, I think like you can't ignore the fact that Darwin Jones, Living Point, and Michael Seaton work really well together. They played together last year. That's why they're all brought back. It, it's really up to them. If we're, if we're talking about going forward, that's really them. They make a huge difference when they're playing. Still, Aiden Quinn and Darwin Jones, for 50% of our kind of goal. So that needs to be a unit that gets a couple of goals. But I think we do need to get back to the we score two goals every game thing. It's a siren. Uh, we really need to get back to the scoring two goals. Uh, every game like, because there are issues with not that. I mean, if we looked at the RGD match, if we had given up the goal there, we would, would have drawn. So uh, they need to combine and score multiple goals and maybe not have a person screaming during corner games. That would be a nice <laughs> thing, It's just an idea.
4: It,
2: it's, I don't want to win for gas. It's not going to be mean. Um, no, really, I think it's, it's them, if we're talking about going forward, it's got to be done. They've got to be the ones that have there. Um, they're probably our three best players this year. So it's time for uh, these different goals that we know from coming from.
0: Well, and for those of you just now like joining us or listening to us either on the live stream or even in the podcast, if you just skipped ahead to try and see what we're talking about Phoenix, Dylan's currently at a match in Reno watching Reno and Phoenix rising. So that's why when he's talking, it's so noisy out there in the background. I think he's hanging out with the supporters up there in Reno. I'm not even near the sport.
2: The worst thing is I'm like six sections away from the supporters. I'm a few feet away. Uh, I'll give They are very
0: loud. What other sports are there to watch in Reno? I guess baseball and. Watch Aces.
2: You watch Nevada basketball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, that's what they. That's what John was talking about all last season when Nevada was pretty good. Um, Alan, what about you? Who who needs to show up uh, in Irvine for a good match for Orange County this weekend?
3: Yeah, I have to agree that having Michael Seaton back. Um, And if Darwin Jones is healthy, those are the two most important players. And I think that allows uh, Quinn to get some assists in um, and really maximize his potential as a distributor. Yeah, he scores some goals, uh, but I think uh, Quinn is the best when he's bombing balls into the box um, and setting up corners. I'm also going to say, I think, if those two are in, Harry Forrester's further back, and he, we, we see him as a more distributive, distributive role, I think that's going to be a big deal. Uh, but really, if you look back at like the RGV game, like the RGV game came down to a Michael Seton goal from an Aiden Quinn assist, and a Darwin Jones goal from a Harry Forrester assist. Uh, and so I think getting back to that, Framework is going to be super important to take on Portland uh, the, uh, on Saturday. And if those guys show up and if those guys can play, um, I think, you know, we can beat any team uh, in the West. Um, it's just, we have to have those four guys uh, working well. And when you only have two of the four and those two Seaton and Dar- uh, DJ are goal scorers, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to compete against a team that scores you know, an average of three goals in the past three, five wins. And if they win tonight, it will probably, I think it's an average of three goals uh, or right around there over six wins in a row. So, I mean, Phoenix is a hot team. I think we played them close and um, the scoreline, I think is a little bit further away than it should have been. And if those guys show up and put in a couple, I I don't think uh, Portland can beat us at home.
0: I mean, hopefully it's a great match. I, I think, I, I want to see a big, awesome, like shutout performance from Patrick McLean, not just because he's on my fantasy team, but I I, I think we're in need of something like that. We need a, a scoreless for the other team type match where we score like two or three goals. The other, the other team scores nothing. I think Patrick's had a tough few games here going. I know um, a couple matches ago he was letting the near post type goal go through, which is not acceptable as a goalkeeper. And in this game, like the whole, like Solomon Asante, like amazing shot over his head, which again, I, I don't totally blame him, but I think it's just part of that run for what you're seeing from him. And from this team, I think if you can get a really strong performance and I, I think part of last year's team is they'd get in a little bit of rut. And then Andre Rawls would just have this, this awesome performance and, and turn things around for the team. And then they'd go on a run. I think that's what we need to see out of someone like a Patrick McClain or and I'll say this, even though it would hurt my fantasy team, Aaron Cervantes, if he could come in and put in a performance like that, I know Allen would get a lot of points for his fantasy team, but I mean, I, I, I think I need to see a really strong, confident performance from one of our goalkeepers out there. Uh, and I think that'll help turn things around. It's just one of those things. I, I don't know the last game that we we didn't give up goals. Um, I don't know if anyone, I, well, of course, Dylan, he's in Reno uh, he doesn't have the stats in front of him, but I don't know. If, I'll, 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 but it's been a while.
2: Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. Her, so that doesn't count, right?
4: I guess. So, hold
2: on. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. I uh, think San uh, Antonio. Former, former OC, uh, striker, Duke of law, Mr. Torch Arena.
3: Ooh, no. spoilers.
2: Hashtag. Alumni <laughs> report or something. I don't know.
3: I'm yeah. yeah, right. I think that's a great shout, Ray. I think that uh, you get even in like you watch hockey or any of those sports where um, a goaltender can put the team on their back and make some pretty spectacular saves and really steal a win that a team maybe shouldn't have won. Um, I do think that's a great shout. It doesn't matter who the goaltender is. If you, you know, if Again, if you don't give up a goal, you're guaranteed a draw. Uh, So I I do think you're right. I think Orange County is in in need of a game like that. I mean, their goal differential right now is zero. uh, So they have scored as many goals as they've given up. Um, And I think that having a goaltender that puts the team on the back for a week, uh, whether it's – uh, and uh, against Portland would be a phenomenal game to do it in because they're, um, you know, a, a top team in the West. Uh, so uh, that's a really great shot.
0: All right, let's get into our predictions for this match. Um, I'm going to start with you, Dylan, up there in Reno. Uh, who do you think is going to win this match, Portland or Orange County? And uh, what do you think this score is going to be?
2: Uh, I think it's got to be Orange County. I think they're going to. We talk talking about they need to make this performance count. They need to really show up. And, and I really do mean like just feed these Portland kids in, into the ground. Um, I think they're going to do that. I think through the Darwin Jones return and the Darwin Jones show, again, I mean, on fire this year. Uh, and we will score the goal. So three, uh, you know, here's three, oh,
4: three one
2: we're
0: Three one. There we go. 3-1. I almost did 3-2 because I was wrong. Uh, Alan, what about you? Uh, Prediction for the score? And yeah, who's going to win?
3: I'm going to send some good juju about what we just talked about and say I think we get a 2-0 draw or a 2-0 win. Um, 2-0 draw. I feel like a (laughs) 2-0 draw. Uh, (laughs) 2-0 win. Uh, I think we get uh, a goal a little bit early to kind of settle things down. Uh, I think we defend as well as we uh, can. And um, the only thing that worries me is how Alston is doing. Uh, he's been kind of inconsistent and then got hurt at the end of the game. Um, but I think we have the team that can defend when they want to defend. Uh, and I, I see uh, maybe an early goal and then maybe snagging one late to kind of put it away. Uh, so I don't have to stand there nervously awaiting every corner kick to see if they pull even. So I'm going to hopefully a 2-0 win. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Uh, I agree with you, Alan, two, two nil is what I'm looking for. I'm hoping a shut out there from our uh, wonderful goalkeeper, Patrick McLean, not just because he's on my fantasy team, but I'm hoping that he pulls off that victory uh, with a shutout there and a clean sheet. Uh, I, I think, I think Dylan's been saying this, and I think Alan, you've been saying this too. This is one of those things that Orange County tends to do is they go and do, they just sort of lay an egg against a, a quality team. Then they could come back home and, and somehow get a victory or something like that with a, with an amazing performance. I think that's what we need to see out of Orange County here in this match. We need to see them come home, dominate against a quality team in Portland. I know there are two teams, but there's still a quality team in the USL this season. Uh, I I just think we need to have something really amazing from this team in front of the home fans to give them something to be excited about heading into, the, again, what Dylan said, the stretch where we should be able to pull out. You know We should be able to get some points in these next few matches.
3: Now, to be fair, Portland has yet to be shut out this season. Uh so, so what
0: better what they, better match to do so right? than Orange County in Irvine? They with are and goal.
3: They are due for a uh clean sheet hell uh against them. So uh I think we're gonna be the team to do it.
0: I hope so. Uh let's get into this. Let's talk about uh a little bit uh, outside of the games, let's talk about the fantasy soccer. We sort of mentioned it earlier. Dylan actually had a great week in fantasy soccer uh, for what we're doing here for points, yeah, right? take that, 12. Hater. <laughs> his team got 13 points. Um, he did have four of his players all started, although they didn't do anything but start, so they got three points each. And then Koji Hashimoto made a rare appearance here to get another point. Unfortunately, Charlie Adams has not come back to the team as he was released earlier on, they didn't somehow bring him back for Dylan's team's hopes. So, um, but still 13 points from Dylan. I was destroyed this week because of the Kevin Alston own goal uh, minus minus five points in my score, which brought me down to nine. So if, if Kevin Alston would have just played and not given up that own goal, I would have won again this week. But because of that, Dylan gets the the high score. Alan is the low scorer this week. Um, yeah. With, Michael Seaton sitting out because of I think it was yellow card accumulation, not red card, right? Yellow cards. That's correct. Cervantes just can't get on the pitch anymore because uh, McLean has claimed at that starting goal position, and then Joe Amico wasn't out there because of red card. Red card, man. Alan, you like the the players that like to get cards, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, I mean
2: that red card was still a joke, and I can't believe they didn't feel that. So Did they, do, you, do,
0: we know, do we know if they had tried to appeal it, or was it honestly they didn't appeal it?
2: Uh, I think they didn't appeal it. Uh, when I talked to Oliver and Graydon, they said they'd only appeal it if it was obvious. I thought it was obvious. They thought it, it was, was obvious. I think, they do, I think they do run the risk of a longer suspension, um, and Contour has had a few issues this season and not being able to make it the full 90 to a match.
4: Um, he throws his
2: body in front of everything, and he throws his body on the line every game. Um, so, I think he was a little bit.
4: There a game Maybe
2: we lose the guy for a week rather than losing game for three weeks if he loses the deal. Um, still stupid. Um, Fire should definitely have a multi match band for uh, whatever it is. The TV officials look to get the two match band. But, whatever. We'll move on. contour played well. Joe will be back in the slack there. So, uh, you know, Al will get some points again.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll ask this of Alan because Joel Miko is on Alan's fantasy team. If the team would have appealed that red card, is there really legitimately any chance that the league would have said, okay, you're going to appeal, we're going to give you three, a three-match ban? I mean, from what you could see on that video, would that have caused uproar from USL fans a- around the league? A- like, how can you give this guy a three-match ban for that, Alan?
3: Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean That's I a would That's a I, mean, right? I mean I would be upset that that would be a three game suspension um and it might just be like hey we have enough guys to play right back left back we'll be fine let's just take the suspension and just move on uh, let's not worry about it um, maybe they're like hey we were gonna sit him anyway maybe we're gonna give him a rest maybe just sub him on late so it's you know it might not be something that they thought was worth Putting going through the effort of challenging the red, uh, maybe they already had plans to not start him. Um, but with Alston taking a knock and Contour uh, hobbling around for a little bit of the game, um, maybe he gets in that uh, gets in the Portland game. Um, I don't know about suspending or challenging a suspension and then them increasing it. Uh, I don't doubt that that is something that they could do. I just don't know if they have the evidence to do that. It's one of those things like there might not be evidence to overturn it because it's not really clear, and they might not have evidence to increase
4: it.
2: But, Dylan? Well, that's usually how it goes, is if you, if you appeal a red card and you don't say mostly... Um, you appeal and you lose the appeal, you deserve a longer suspension. That's a lot of things you don't see. A lot of the times you don't see teams appeal because if it's not clear, they don't want to risk that. Um, but yeah, I think you might be spot on about the let's just pass up on the risk of a, a longer suspension um, or losing the appeal. It's not with like the effort then uh, it looks like Joe's had a bit of a knock. Um, the last few weeks we've had it pretty tightly wrapped. Um, and maybe just give him a week off and take time off training and fully fit again. So, it's a weird situation. Um, so, I didn't get to see, uh, those, I think I texted you guys about it. I was in the Terminal with the Orange County players, uh, Sunday morning, which is really awkward um, <laughs> because they scare me. So now everyone's probably to the white, right. the a bunch of guys that you see all the time. I don't know, they're professional. Um, they they're terrifying. Why do they scare you, Why do
4: they scare you? Just
2: like intense and professional and really good at what they do, and that's, that's not me. Um, but I guess Kevin Austin's okay. It's just like a bruise. So we should probably see him back, I think. It looks pretty serious. He we was down for a few minutes, but he was doing all right. So the people that I did see walking through the tremble all of a bit, so I think that was uh, a little worry. and we should be clear for that.
3: I mean, all Dylan, right. everybody poops, so shouldn't, they really aren't that scary. I mean, they, they all wet the bed at some point.
0: You should have been, Dylan, yeah, you should have been working good. on the inside scoop with that at the airport as we well are waiting for the flight.
2: No, I'm going to leave them alone. They, none of them they look happy. I mean, they're pretty clear. Um, well, they had to be Potter in Phoenix. And Harry Forrester looked the happiest, that's probably because they were just, like, hanging out. They seemed to along pretty well in their prime. Uh, yeah they weren't they weren't happy and phoenix just scored it's now three 0 and extra time so it's over. Just,
3: just game in a row sixth so, game in a row they scored at least three
2: move. yeah they're they are undefeated on dollar beer night in any city <laughs> i already know Sam or is going to tweet it so i'm just going to beat him to it
0: there you go so ladies and gentlemen him, and like, on social on, man, media on social media if sam door tweets out something about dollar beer night let him know. Dylan from the Orange and Black Soccer cast had that quote first before he
2: did. Please don't do that, actually. He's so nice. He's a wonderful person. Uh,
3: Sam Dore 10 seconds ago, hashtag and still. Cheers, Reno, 1868 FC, dollar beer night champions picture. So, so, so we, you, need
1: yeah, it, we need to do the podcast.
4: Yeah, we
0: He was listening to the podcast, and he said, oh, I better get this tweet out before they call it out, right? Um, yeah,
2: he, uh, we, I probably said it as he was typing it.
0: So <laughs> we're gonna have to go back and run the tape. Uh, Alan, you going to do that uh, whole video thing you do and find out. Who, yeah, who who did it first? Did Dylan quote it on the podcast, or did the tweet go first?
2: Timestamp is I did it. <laughs> Timestamp is nine twenty
3: nine on the uh, on the tweet. So I think it it was, uh, it, was it was a close. bang bang play close. there. We're gonna yes, have to go sure. to the
2: we're going to have to go to VIR to review the video. <laughs> I goes to the oh, yeah. podcaster, obviously, because I'm yes.
0: live. I'm here. Yes. Um, so let's update the scores for the month of June. Uh, Team Dylan has 25 points at this point through the month. Team Allen has 36 points for the month. And, oh, by the way, Team Ray, of course, is winning with 47 points. It, do we have to even keep doing this, or can we just say Team Ray wins, right? Because I'm going to win. I got the best. We got two time. games, bro. We also no. We also got the uh, Tijuana match that we're throwing. That's right. Yeah, we, that and if, that's just a, that's a wild card because anyone cause can if, play in that match, right?
3: If Cervantes starts and like pitches a 10, sa- ten save shutout, you know, oh, I, we yeah. can I can make a comeback. <laughs> like, it's not over yet.
0: All right, all right. I I Walker
2: Hume scored seven goals in a game. <laughs> Liverpool came like back and, against Barcelona. Well, dude, to, to Walker Hume, like seven <laughs> corners. We're just going to obliterate uh, Portland and then you'll all be bowing down. and I'll be laughing all the way to the planks of pride bank.
0: Hey, no, well, I, I was just going to sort of make the joke. No one said you need to pick like three defensive type players, but I know I have like two of them and a goalie. And I know Alan has a goalie and two defensive players. So yeah. Um. Let's get into some – is there any other soccer stuff to talk about? I know US, USA was playing tonight in some type of tournament. Gold Cup.
3: Gold Cup 4-0 against Guyana. Um, I don't think it was ever a doubt, although it was like 1-0 at halftime and everyone was against like, who? oh, Guyana. Where
0: are they, where are they from, Alan? Let Guyana.
3: Us- that's where they're from. It's a country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what part of the map let us know what continent uh, what I continent, believe-
3: continent well it's gold cup so i believe it's in the caribbean um right. like french guiana uh people were surprised it was one nil at halftime uh but they kind of poured it on at the end to get to four nil um they have panama and trinidad and tobago in their group uh which for any of you usa men's national team fans out there um the last time I went and watched a men's national team game that had any significance was against Trinidad Tobago with the American Outlaws at O'Brien's Pub in San Diego with the coach of the Las Vegas Lights, Eric Winalda. And as soon as the game was over, everyone was pissed and I went home. Uh, <laughs> so I know there's some, there's some talk about retribution there. Um, it's basically win, win the thing or, uh, or be disappointed I know it's the same for Mexico. Uh, Everyone's kind of hoping for a Mexico-U.S. final. um, But knowing the men's national team, they'll figure out a way to lose to some random country that no one's ever (laughs) heard of or can't find on a map. Uh, But that's what's going on in the Gold Cup. Oh, Brazil, and the other one is Copa America. And Brazil uh, drew Venezuela today, I think. It was nil-nil. They got a couple goals called back. Um, Yeah, I don't read, Andy. I'm a music teacher. I read notes, not words. <laughs> um but I know Brazil frustrating nil nil draw against a team that should have won. Um so um yeah, so Cobo America's going on, Gold Cup's going on, um and the US Open Cup as well.
0: And I love, you know, on the YouTube stream, Andy just types in Ray. Wow. What about Ray? Um, Dylan, is there any soccer news that you want to share? I know probably a final score up there in Reno, and you got a bunch of disappointed Reno, Renoites up there.
2: Uh, yeah, it's Reno up here. Um, full time about 34 minutes ago. Um, everyone in the Battleborn singing right now. I mean, they're really the good. It's all beer night. Come on. I mean, <laughs> if you really think about it, they're probably not that bad
0: because they're all pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> how um, many how,
2: how many dollar
0: beers did you get to enjoy tonight, Dylan?
2: I only had two because I had to come on the podcast and I was too lazy to getting the line. It was like probably 60-60 people long by the time that I wanted to get another beer. You know, all right, I'll just go drink somewhere else, or maybe not drink at all. Who knows? Um,
0: just go across the street, drink whatever that bar is right across the street. I love that um, Yeah, I, was like, uh,
4: I
2: went there a couple nights ago and had a couple of beers. It's been a good time, but. No other soccer news, other than if you're watching the men play, why do you hate yourself? Um, just watch the women's World Cup. It's way more interesting. They actually don't suck like the men do. You know, you must hate yourself if you're watching the U.S. men play. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> They're more of a clown for punishment than me.
0: If you so, want to watch a winning team, watch the women. If you want to be, I guess like you want to watch something
2: them. interesting, don't watch the men. They're just
3: they're garbage, honestly. Yeah, the next women's game is June 20th at noon Pacific Center Time against Sweden, which is a big match to see who wins their group, uh, but also I think is a rematch of an Olympic game where Sweden defeated the United States, I believe. Uh, so that should be a really fun uh, game to see who can dominate the group in, I think, or Group F. Yeah, Group F. Um, all matches on Fox and Telemundo. So if either of you want to sponsor the podcast, um, Fox and
0: Telemundo. Wow, <laughs> me yeah.
4: um,
0: Let's do this and let's get to our random thoughts to end this episode. And I'm going to start with Dylan in the noisy Reno 1868 FC Stadium, whatever it's called. Uh,
2: Greater Nevada Field.
0: There you go, greater Nevada field. Dylan, what's your random thought for this episode?
2: Um, if I'm honest, I haven't read anything this weekend. I have been all a few days. My random thought sleeping in an airport is totally stuck. My um, flight out in Phoenix is like 6.50 in the morning. Um,
4: and I, I don't think I
2: left the stadium and got back to the light rail station phoenix until 11.30. So uh, I just spent four hours sleeping on a chair. Uh Guy Harbor International. It's terrible. So I'm really looking forward to getting home. Um, not having to spend money travelling and look at the furniture and So I encourage everyone to come out basically showing and, get show and
4: you, know,
2: you know, bring your kids and have them. such a truck. For so the game. Uh I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I'm just like a club shill or playing. Come to high if you're at the game. We really need people to get behind the team right now. Perfect
4: performance.
0: I gotta ask Dylan, uh, was was John at the stadium tonight? Could you you can't go find him, get him on the phone and say hi to us? He What's was. It?
2: Um I can I can try and yell at him from here and see if he, I said hi on to his him a ago. He's about yeah, he's about to go to work in about an hour and a half. Um I trip. But yeah, he's coming over here.
0: All right, I'm going to talk to
2: Alan. I'm going to toss my headphones down. He's going to hop on the podcast.
0: All right, yeah, get him. I'm going to talk to Alan really quick. Alan, your random thought for this episode. Uh,
3: I have two random thoughts. Uh, One is uh, Temecula FC Quails is an MPSL team. Uh, They've been really. They have to sell 1,500 tickets for their last game, or they fold for next season. Uh, So there's been a lot of noise on social media. About that, uh, you can check out my social media and scroll through some stuff. I'll probably uh, find one to retweet right after the show's over, uh, so it's kind of toward the top. If you can spare ten bucks uh, for a ticket or two, 20 bucks for two tickets, uh, and help out a local soccer club that's trying to make it through uh, to next year. Uh, the other random thought I have is uh, there is tons of rumors heating up in San Diego um, about an announcement happening tomorrow. Uh, the American outlaws sent out a, a post uh, that kind of starts out. it says um, you know we lost the MLS bid because we didn't get the stadium passed uh, but it starts it finishes with uh, then keep your eyes and ears open tomorrow land is coming uh, and Landon Donovan also tweeted out that it was a big week for soccer uh, he's been uh, he lives in San Diego and has been trying to get professional soccer uh, higher than division three or MPSL to San Diego. Uh, So I'm pretty excited for what that might be tomorrow. Uh, So hopefully that's good news. Uh, The scuttlebutt right now is probably leaning more toward trying to get a USL team than an MLS team these days. Uh, So those are kind of my random thoughts, both um, hopeful for Temecula FC to sell some tickets and remain a team next year, but also uh, some big news for soccer in San Diego uh, and hopefully, a another team that is a drive- San Diego. Yeah, drive away from from Orange County. They can't hear me. They can.
1: Who is that?
0: Who, who, is that? who is that? Who is that? <laughs> who is that? Who is that?
1: <laughs> it's John. We missed you, you know, on, the, our, the on our from...
0: anniversary episode. Um. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I couldn't make it. Uh, I'm I'm working for a local news station, and my my sleep schedule
0: is just awful. Okay, you got it. You gotta let our listeners know what's the news station. You gotta promo it. Hey.
1: I got a promo it. I work for Colo 8 News Now. What are you doing there, man? What are you doing?
0: I'm producing the Good
1: Morning Reno show.
0: Look at that. He got his start right here on the Orange and Black Soccer Cats, And now he's working for a local <laughs> station.
1: Yeah, and, um, totally. We're, we're at uh, – Dylan and I are, are at Greater Nevada Fields right now. We just got uh, a SmackDown from uh, Phoenix. What are we? Three to zero loss.
0: <laughs> uh, we're, just so you know, John, we're in the middle of our random thought. Do you have a random thought you could share? I know this is off the top of your head right now. Is there something you want to share with our listeners?
1: Well, yeah, uh, not so random thought is I'm, I'm really bummed that we lost. Uh, <laughs> you guys are catching me, like, fresh from this loss. Uh, a, a random thought, random thought, random thought. Um,
0: I, I don't know. See, now I'm trying to think of a random thought. <laughs> you know, hey, did Dylan prep you? I told him to get you for a random thought. I didn't really do that, but
1: uh, yeah, no, and no, he didn't. He didn't give me a heads up. But you know, here's my random thought, right? So uh, I show up here at Greater Nevada Field, and I see somebody, a lone fan in an Orange County jersey, and I looked at the hair, and that's when I, I'm all like, uh, I'm like, oh, that's that's Dylan, and uh, I had to ask Brad because I'm thinking like, what the hell is he doing here? You know. But uh, yeah, that's my random thought is the fact that Dylan is here for some reason.
0: He's out there to, to enjoy soccer, help support one of our, our friends out there. Uh, I, I think at least Dylan and myself, I think Andy, you, you can join in this, or I'm sorry, Andy, Alan, you can join in this. I'm reading Andy's uh, comments as I'm talking. So I could join in this, uh, your, your podcast, your team, you guys have been awesome with us. So I, I, I I, I'm sure Dylan's out there to help support you guys. And uh, I wish you guys could have beat Phoenix for us, but unfortunately, yeah. they did the same thing to you guys as they did to us. So uh, I, I asked yeah, to uh, we'll get you because I wanted to say hi to you. Uh, we missed you on the last episode because you were a big part of our very first episode. So, you know, even though we're one episode behind our anniversary episode, I still wanted to get you on here and let you say hi to our listeners and all that fun stuff.
1: Uh, this is a pretty darn good way of doing it,
0: having uh, Dylan stalk me and hunt me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we don't want to take up too much time because I know you want to do what you got to do to to talk to players and do everything. And mm-hmm. you got to get over to start prepping for your morning show up there in Reno. So, uh, again, John, thank you for uh, taking a few months to talk to us.
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, John.
0: Um And... and- I was reading here. Andy had an update on the Temecula FC for you, Alan. Uh, They've sold 440 tickets. They still need a lot more to go. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to just ask anyone that listens to our podcast, even if you're not from the area, purchase a ticket, help support a local soccer team that just wants to allow local soccer players to be able to play uh, in their local area. Again, even if you don't want, even if you're not going to be able to make it to the match, like Alan said, drop 10 bucks, buy a ticket. Um, it's, it's yeah. all part of this whole support local soccer that we love so much.
3: If you hit the team up on Twitter uh, and let them know uh, that you bought a ticket and can't use it, uh, they will try to find somebody who can use it, uh, donating it to maybe some local soccer. Um, there are quite a few uh, club teams in the area. Uh, so I'm sure they'll reach out to them and give the, the tickets to some local fans who need it. Um, that's the area I teach in. Uh, so I'm, I'm really hopeful that uh, they can keep playing. Um, I know I bought four tickets. Um, there's some people I, trying to
0: buy tickets for buy tickets and buy like a hundred tickets, people and just donate them to Alan. He'll find someone to, to <laughs> some of his students will go out to the match or friends or, or, or whatever. Right.
3: Yeah. Gotta, just got to support local soccer. It's really big um, to do. It's what got me into the USL to begin with. Is just looking at those local teams that uh, and, you know, you, you're surprised at the quality of play. You think it's going to be less than because it's a lower league. But uh, when you start really looking at those players, they're, they're just kids out there trying to, you know, develop the game. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, they're getting drafted by an MLS team and end up on uh, a USL uh, team as a, a loanee or a signee. Um, so uh, let's get Temecula FC uh, some love and hopefully save that team.
0: Well, let's say this too, right? For those of you that are listening to that are maybe not from Southern California, not familiar with Southern California, Temecula is not part of like this like vast urban area that's like LA or, or parts of other parts of Southern California. It's sort of in this like, you have to take this like freeway into there. I'm not saying that it's like a, an empty area, but it's, it's part of Southern California, but it's sort of out there. Uh, it's a little bit of a drive for most people that live in Southern California. Uh, It's sort of like that in between L.A., Orange County, San Diego, uh, whatever you want to call it. So you you might think, hey, Southern California, they can buy a couple thousand tickets easily. It's one of those teams that's sort of off the hidden path here in Southern California. And by the way, Southern California just has so much soccer going on, which makes it hard for some of these other uh, some of these teams in the area. So as much as you can do to help support a local soccer team, especially since Alan teaches in the area, Uh, He, you know, his heart's into this probably much more than uh, Dylan, myself, or most of our listeners, because he actually works and and breathes in that area of of Southern California, right? He breathes that air, that same air that those players do. Um, My random thought for this episode, uh, I worked... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I worked commencement at UC Irvine, UCI. Congratulations to all the 2019 graduates at UCI. I worked my butt off for like eight or nine hours uh, a day each of those days, trying to make sure they got all lined up, uh, their tassels were on the right side, uh, all this awesome stuff. I'm still sore from it as I'm sitting here talking to you. Uh, Danny Chris Chris Chrysostomo, I learned how to say pronounce his name properly, Uh, by talking to him, I actually was working the line that he was checking into. So I got to talk to him briefly before he was heading up to the Phoenix match. Um, he, he congrats to him for graduating, uh, from UCI. Uh, and you know, it was pretty cool. I got to meet the UCI men's soccer coach. Uh, his name is Yossi Raz. Uh, he was the, uh, the coach of the year in the conference, the, the, the big West conference, uh, the men's soccer coach of the year. So congrats to that team. Daniel Chris Ostomo for, for graduating UCI, uh, and all the other graduates that graduated. It was an awesome experience for me working it. I will be doing it for years to come. Um, I, I loved it. It was awesome. It was great. So I just wanted to call that out or, you know, say congrats to those, those people, um, getting their education. Um, it's time to end this. We've been going a little bit. Dylan's still sitting there just listening to what we got to say up there in Reno. Um, uh, but we do got to end things here because people got things to do, uh, or they need to go get some sleep for the next day. Um, Dylan, really quick, let our listeners know where they can find you on social media. You guys
2: can find me on Twitter at OCSE Dylan, uh, or you can find me on Reddit at OCSC underscore Dylan. You can find the podcast on Reddit at OCSE underscore podcast. But no one's ever going to reply. They just exist as uh, an aggregator for all the posts on the website. So tweet at me, whatever, or don't. You know.
0: Uh Alan, what about you?
3: You can find me at A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh you can read my writing on the Orange and Black Soccer Cast website including uh one of our new uh sections the uh fan spotlight which will be coming out shortly. I want to plug that so keep your keep an eye out and uh, we're going to be doing those um we're going to start doing those this summer. And, uh, hopefully you enjoy getting to learn about your fellow, uh, Line coalition, uh, members and fans, uh, starting with, uh, Blaine jinx.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And you can find me, uh, on Twitter at DJ race more DJ R a Y S a M O R a. You can also follow our podcast Twitter account at OCSC underscore soccer cast and, um, on Facebook, Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Go to our website, ocscpodcast.com to read all of our articles, listen to any of our podcast episodes. Like Alan said, we will be uh, debuting. Today we debuted our player ratings, uh, which will hopefully be coming out every Tuesday. Uh, Alan worked on our very first fan profile, which will be coming out tomorrow. Um, Or if you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, it's coming out today, uh, which will be featuring uh, Counterline Coalition leader, I guess we could call him that, uh, Blaine Jenks, uh, he'll be on that, and, and plus any other stuff we write uh, covering this team. Yeah. Um... Yeah, for all of our listeners that have been listening since day one, someone like Andy uh, or any, uh, anyone else that's been listening to us since the beginning, thanks for doing so and continuing to do so. We will keep doing this as long as we have listeners wanting to listen to what we have to say about this team. So thanks for that. For any new listeners that are joining us for maybe the first time or the second time, feel free to head to our website. You can find any of our past episodes to hear what we have to say about this wonderful team and uh, about the game of soccer and, and the USL. Um, yeah, so I want to say for... Alan for Dylan and hey for John for joining us sort of last minute there without any uh preparation to join us. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Yes. I'm Ray and we are out.
4: When on earth we won-
0: Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.